Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today, we will be talking about the third episode of Riverdale Season 4, Dog Day Afternoon. I'm Mary Kwiatkowski, and I am joined, as always, by the one and only, you could call her a real blast, Kirsten McKinnis. Kirsten, do you like how I'm trying to tie these into the episodes now? No, and I've had enough, and I actually, this is my letter of resignation. Uh, This is my two weeks notice. I will no longer be on Kowski Camp. Two weeks notice, great. We get two more episodes, and then uh, episode season four, episode six will be just me. Yeah, no, just kidding. You can't get rid of me that easily. I'm trying, though. I really am. Yeah, Mary loves being like, uh, sorry, you're fired. And I'm like, you can't fire me. <laughs> it's not possible. Yeah. Well, we're all going to lose our jobs pretty soon if Riverdale continues down this path, because <laughs> what in the world did I just watch? I, I like, mean, I go into some episodes being like, okay, it's Riverdale. It's going to be a little bit ridiculous. But this was the first episode for a while where I was getting tweets like the second the episode happened. Lots of gifts of rocket ships and I'm okay with it. Um, so yeah, again, so that we are not burying the lead, it was a rocket ship. But like, I don't think that looked like it would work. But anyways. Oh, that honey was gonna fly to the moon. He, Where was he gonna go? I'm uh, just, but like, I don't think that it, it didn't seem like it was safe. Like, it seemed like maybe the rocket would go to space, but he would just like die as soon as he reached a certain altitude. Like, that's, this, that's my this main concern. Thing. Here's the thing. They spent season three, Gargoyle King, The Farm. They bring in Chad Michael Murray. And all of a sudden, they're like, all right, we need to wrap up this plot line. And we're going to move on to more realistic things like high school, prep school, book clubs, and, you know, owning community centers. So we need to just take this baby and ship him away off to space. And they took that a little bit literally. Yeah, they're like, get rid of it. And I feel like there were some moments in this episode where even the characters, you could see him were like, Alice is like, yeah, he he has a rocket. But he's like, where did he get a rocket? And I was like, he built it. And it's like, you could tell that they also understood the, the lunacy of what they were putting together. And it's just, it's a lot. You know, there was a point when this show was very self-aware in its ridiculousness. I'm not sure where we're at on that scale anymore. I don't I, know if they're just trying to troll us. I feel like they lost the plot and then now they're getting it back and they're like, yeah, we know. We are aware of what we are putting out into the universe and we're not going to change. Well, as long as they're aware. All right. So we've already discussed the most important thing. We'll come back to that. Sorry, guys. We're saving that for last. If you only want to hear about the rocket, go ahead and skip like 40 minutes into this podcast. No, no, no. (laughs) If you only want to hear about the rocket, you get a hold of yourself. If we had to watch that whole damn episode and we're going to talk about the whole episode, then you can chill out, listen to us talk about everything and get over yourself. That's the dessert. And now we're going to talk about the appetizer in the main course. So let's get into some yummy, yummy apps. Hey, guess what? Uh, no Jughead voiceover. I don't know what they're trying to do. This episode started, I thought, at the gym where Archie is like teaching a bunch of kids boxing or something. I don't know. And then okay, so Mad Dog comes in and he's all, whoa, my little brother's getting involved in bad stuff, which is crazy because he's growing up where I grew up and I got involved into bad stuff. Like, <sighs> So the thing is about Riverdale, the town, it's like they want us to think that it's this nice, quaint little town town where everybody knows each other and it's all cute and stuff. But there's actually this really dark underbelly, which in the first two seasons was like, oh, well, that's the serpents and the whoever other gangs the serpents are against at the given time. (laughs) But how many gangs? (laughs) But now it's like we can, I mean, it's been three episodes and we have not mentioned the Southside Serpents once. Like it hasn't even come up in passing. But we've seen Archie's serpent tattoo a few times. We've seen Archie's, but we haven't even seen Jugheads. I I know We'll talk about Jughead later, but are, are we done with the serpents? Like, do they not realize it's Halloween coming up and that's prime costume real estate they could be marketing? I don't know what their problem is, but I do miss the serpents. Um, I No joke. I just went to a co- Halloween store and there was uh, like, quote unquote, Archie comics outfits, but they were actually just Riverdale ones because it was like Southside Serpents and then like Betty's outfit. And I like need to be Betty Cooper for Halloween this year. The Veronica wig was really ugly, but other than that. Oh, an ugly Riverdale wig? I'm shocked. (laughs) I'm shocked. I want somebody to be Betty, but Betty with a blonde wig on, unless you have blonde hair already, and then also wear the terrible dark Betty wig on top. Thank you. Do that for me. I'm not doing that. Okay. All right. I'm good, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put on my overall shorts and a cute little sweater, and I'm going to (sighs) be 
Betty. Okay, you you do that. I'm going to be the twins from The Shining. Not the twins, the girls from The Shining. Yeah, I, I think this episode went ahead and just didn't put a Jughead voiceover in because they just uh, like couldn't give any kind of realistic backstory for what's going on. Um, I feel like the Jughead voiceovers have long been uh, what Jughead is writing at the time. And at his new school, he currently does not have time to be writing whatever what's going would on with Archie. The, yeah, like he's got some other stuff going on. He's a little bit separate from the plot. And as a result, no voiceover. Yeah. So Archie, let's just talk about this. So he's at his punching gym with Mad Dog, who's <laughs> like teaching gym. a class or something. Yeah. Here's the thing. So Archie is wearing a Riverdale High XXL t-shirt. And I just want to talk about this. Stop trying to make like big, tough, muscular Archie a thing. KJ Appa is 5'11", which like is fine. I 5'11 is perfectly acceptable height, but he's not a giant dude. And when he's standing right next to Mad Dog, who's clearly more buff than him. Don't try to be telling us that he's wearing an XXL shirt. He's not. He's not wearing an XXL shirt unless it's a kid's size. Yeah, like what size are we supposed to think Mad Dog is? It's uh, quadruple X. Like they don't understand how sizes work. Okay. Anyways, it's fine. the most important thing from this scene. So Archie apparently knows MMA, whatever. Mr. Keller, I guess, works for Archie. Uh, I don't... Yeah, is he getting paid? Like, I this gym doesn't seem super profitable. Like, I think they're teaching classes, I think, is the idea. I don't know, because it just, it doesn't add up. None of this adds up. Who owned it before? I think Hiram owned it, but it was like a rundown gym. Like, no one was using it. He just owned this property randomly. Oh, so it was randomly. just like a decrepit building. Yeah, I don't know. And also, like, who wants to hang out in this decrepit gym? Like, I feel like shady stuff would be happening there anyways. They're like, we're going to make it a community center, and they get this nice gym dose of realism in that yeah uh this building is decrepit and if you want it to be a community center you gotta sort this out and it needs a second bathroom and they're like oh why would it need a second bathroom i don't know archie because maybe more than just you and your gross guys are gonna be using this gym i'm surprised though that the gym doesn't have like full change rooms already like multiple but we don't really know what it has because we only ever see the boxing ring like i assume that this gym they're using it for more than just one boxing lesson at a time i hope so and then archie mom's of course like uh that sounds really expensive which it is but i'm very confused because the woman who's there is like yeah it'll be forty thousand dollars she just like what you know off the top of your head how much a renovation is gonna cost that seems insane yeah they need a safety inspection and then archie's mom is like oh archie you know that sounds like a lot of money like which it's a lot of money for a business owner it's a ridiculous amount of money it's insane for a kid who does not have any income really and archie's like mom like cut it out like stop bringing up how money issues are it's archie <sighs> it's not okay. like it's a thousand dollars archie it is forty thousand dollars yeah okay so veronica is just like well i'll give you the money where does veronica have this money well veronica comes from money and but i don't think it's like her parents get arrested and then she just gets all their money i don't yeah, think no, that's, that's how it works I mean, like she was written out of the company seasons ago it, mary i i'm gonna tell you something you've told me many times before stop trying to make it make sense the other thing is i mean if she just has decorations that are worth $50,000 each just hanging out. I guess I believe that she has all this money. I guess. But this episode took it to new highs. Yeah, so they decide, they debate, okay, how are we going to raise some money? We could do a bake sale. No, that's not going to happen. Let's do a car wash because Veronica thinks that everyone in the world is exactly like her and will just dole out tons of money to see shirtless teenagers. Now, real quick, I did car washes all the time in high school. We did them for cross country. I don't really remember if they were meant to be raising money. I feel like we just donated the money. I could be wrong. I have no concept of like how much money we made, but pretty sure we just donated it all. And I do definitely remember at the time being like, oh yeah, like we're in our, you know, sports bras and running shorts and the guys are shirtless and oh, we're so attractive. And like I, from the show perspective where you've got all these 20 somethings, it kind of makes sense. But I've driven down the road and seen high school car washes and you're just like, oh yeah, those are like 14 year olds. They're not hot. Uh, yeah. I don't understand why Veronica just wants to constantly sexualize Archie. Uh, I don't know why the show wants to constantly sexualize Archie because he sucked. Even when they did the car wash, they hid Reggie behind a sign. Uh, excuse me. Why are you hiding the best looking guy behind a sign? And apparently Reggie has a fan base of suburban housewives. I don't know when this subplot was coming around, but I, okay. He should have a fan club of suburban housewives. He has a fan club of me. Yeah. Then they get $400 and Archie has no concept of money 
he assumed that they raised like four thousand dollars from one stinking car wash. So. Yeah, she's like, we got four. And he's like, thousand. And I'm like, look at this stack of money, RG. There's no way that that thousand dollars. And then Veronica suggests doing a magic Mike night or quote going the full Monty. What is she referring to? Is she saying that they're gonna prostitute themselves? Like, what is she actually? No, saying? I don't think she was talking about sex work. I think she meant full Monty as in like fully nude. Whereas like magic Mike doesn't normally get like fully nude. So I think she meant like uh, softcore stripping or full stripping. But these are underage people. Yeah. No, you can't do that. <sighs> okay. Uh, the can't show do it. forgets. So Archie, his problem seems so small in context of the rest of the episode. Uh, Mad Dog's mad because his brother got jumped at the arcade. The arcade is apparently the bad place. Well, sh- no, he wasn't even at the arcade. He was doing the right thing and he still got jumped by the arcade kids. Right. Yeah. There's these thugs and they apparently work for a guy named Dodger. We're not even... Uh, yeah, apparently there's just bad guys now who are not part of any kind of gang. So, okay. Whatever. I guess that's actually kind of more realistic, but it just... Why have we never heard of this guy before? Maybe because all the gangs were around to keep him in his place and now there's no gangs. Yeah, um, now he's starting a gang of children. Yeah, Archie's like, we can't just beat people up. So that was nice. For once, Archie says the sensible thing, saying that we should just get the cops in on it. However, I don't think he actually follows through with that. I don't think and he then, knows how to call the cops. Yeah, uh, sensible Mary Andrews is sensible. She's like, hey, this place is no good. Let's go to Chicago. And um, he's like, probably not. I'm just going to stay here. I don't under, I don't think Mary Andrews understands that she's the mom and she's an adult and he's a kid and like she can just take him to Chicago. Yeah. The other thing uh, that I found very strange is when Mary Andrews in this episode is talking about how she left Riverdale because she could not find work there. Now, Mary Andrews is an attorney. Attorney McCoy seems to have a lot of work. I, it's insane to me that she wouldn't be able to have work in Riverdale. Well, of course she can't have work in Riverdale because all the kids have all the jobs. None of those kids are lawyers. Yeah. Well, maybe she wasn't. Maybe she became a lawyer only when she went to Chicago. That's maybe at first she really just wanted to work at a diner but couldn't. That's insane. Yeah. It, it is insane. Also, another thing is the fact that like Archie is kind of like I expect kids to be selfish. Don't get me wrong. But and I know that he hasn't lived with his mom for a long time. But if my parents came to me when I was in high school and were like, hey, so we're going to move. I wouldn't be able to be just like, nah, I'm going to stay because I want to. Like, I would feel that way. But I knew deep down I don't have any power over that situation, really. Yeah. I mean, I realize this is a show where multiple kids have, like, emancipated themselves. So, like, it happens. But, you know, Archie, it's kind of just, like, a little selfish that you just want to hang out here just because you like this town for some reason. Like, my family moved the year before my sister started her senior year, like, that summer, which sucked for her. And she tried to come up with many schemes on how she could just not move. Guess what? She got in the car and drove cross country with us because as a, like, 16-year-old person, you don't have a say. You just go where your parents take you. Yeah. Well, that's not how it works for Archie, so whatever. Also, I get the feeling that Mary Andrews was, like, just gonna leave without him. Yeah, I got that same vibe. I think she might not be the best mom. I I don't... Is someone paying for this house that he's living in? Do you... Like, yeah, is that house mortgaged? And and even if the house is paid for, who's buying food or taking care of it or if something breaks or, like, paying the water bill? You know, lots of questions. Oh, well. Um, surprise, college fund is obviously going to be used in some kind of unrealistic way because Archie is super nearsighted. And I'm not saying, like, oh, it's not good to ever invest your money in a business. It totally is. That's fine. No, you don't have to go to college. But he's a kid and he's not responsible enough to use this money that she's got he saved up for him. doesn't even know what a nonprofit is. He's not equipped to run anything. And like, yeah, uh, what I found weird is like, I know in Canada, when people set up like a specified education fund, there's like a way to do it so that the government will also contribute to it. And you get like higher like interest and stuff. And uh, that you have to like literally show your receipts to prove it's for college. So no, that's the same. That's the same in America. I mean, it's not in the same in Riverdale world. But yeah, that's that's yeah. a thing. So anyways, he wouldn't have been able to get it anyways. And that's that's just the point I wanted. 
statement to make. Yep. So Archie just jumps out of a two-story window in his house. Found that to be interesting. Wait, like, he doesn't, what? He doesn't, like, turn around and climb down. Like, his bedroom is established to be on the second floor because he's always looking across and seeing into I Betty's window. I didn't notice him jump out of his window. Yeah, he gets mad at his mom for not giving him the college fund, so he runs up to his room, grabs a bandana, and then literally hops up on the windowsill like a frog and then just jumps out, like, forward. Like, not even turning around and climbing down. Like, he just jumps out Do the window. Do you think he just, like, jumped onto the roof and then they didn't show him, like, climbing down a tree or something? I, no, I think he's just magic now and he can just do that. Uh, wow. It's I fine. feel like this is gonna feed into our Twilight uh, podcast. Yeah, very spider monkey. So he goes to beat up some thugs with a baseball bat and a bandana on, five on one. I like those odds, he says. Yeah, well, to be fair, he did take on, like, 20 people during that thing where he had to beat up all of the gargoyle disciples or whatever. I don't know. Let's do Anyways, that was a long it time sucks, ago. whatever. He beats them up. He gets money from them, I guess. Yeah, he he steals all their drug money. I, I don't know how he got that or why they had it in a suitcase. I, it's Nothing makes sense. Veronica is like, hey, I have all this money and she gives it to Molly. At the very least, she goes to his mom instead of just giving it directly to him. So that's kind of nice. And she's like, I want to invest in Archie. And I just really hate that this show is trying to be like, sensible mom is wrong. We should be siding with teenage girl who wants to give money to her boyfriend, even though he's clearly like rash and unstable and just immature. And she's like, I believe in him. I'm not investing it in a building. I'm investing it in Archie. How about invest for him to stay alive and tell him to move then because he's going to die here probably. Honestly, or don't tell him because then he can die and then he's out of the show. Like, he's just unbearable. I don't know how anyone is supposed to root for him. I don't know. And so Archie's like, hey, Mad Dog, look, I got all this money. And Mad Dog's like, yeah, that money is dirty. We got to clean it. Take it to your girlfriend to do that. Didn't we do this last season? Like, literally launder money at one point? I think that was a thing. I don't remember, though. That's, that's, who knows? Veronica is like, hey, Archie, you should just burn that drug money and take my money instead. And then I think that's what happens. And then Mary Andrews walks in with a suitcase like she's literally just gonna leave her son. And then she's like, never mind, I'm gonna stay here. And I don't know. She's like, I'm gonna help you get classified as a charity so you don't have to pay taxes, that you can ask for donations, blah, blah, blah. <sighs> this should have been happening so long ago. Why? Why are you... She She's right. Riverdale's bad. They just believe. You know what I've learned? That we've spent 15 minutes longer than I wanted to talking about Archie. Moving on. Okay, cool. Anyway, so Veronica, who last episode was going to change her last name to Gomez, is like, couldn't do it. Had yeah. to, had to stay a lodge. She has cold feet, which at least she thinks through her decisions. Archie and Veronica bang because I think we have to start off every episode with redeclaring all the teen romances. I think that's a rule at this point. Instead of investing time into making them have actual connections would just do a real quick cut to taking your clothes off and uh, that's how we know that they're still in love yeah she's like do we have time and he's like oh we have time and i'm like you that you're talking like the like parents in a movie they're like oh the kids are gone we have a minute but they're the kids it's so weird shouldn't they be having yep. sex in like a car or something no why would you do that when you have an entire empty house yeah good point two entire empty houses for the why most do these point? teenagers have so many empty houses I don't know. And I don't. I really don't think we're going to need the bang bunker anymore. So yep. that's fun. Banker's gone. Hiram just pops back into the Pembroke and he's like, Miha, I own the jail. I can come and go as I please. Which I think is literally what we predicted that he was just going to be able to like come and go from the jail. My question is, if you can come and go as you please, why are you ever in the jail? Why don't you just leave? I'm assuming that this is part of his larger plan. And if he were to just leave the jail, he would probably have to leave Riverdale and he wants to be close to the action. Also, as far as I know, this is not how jail works. Like, in that Hiram would never have been able to go to that jail that yeah. he owns no, 100%. in the first place. We've talked about this. It's, it makes no sense. Yeah. And then Hiram gives this big speech about how he doesn't want her to change his name because he changed his own name and it made his dad mad. And I'm like, then I think you completely understand why she wants to change her name because you did the exact same thing. Your whole thing was his name, Luna, which was really cool. Also, he... Not only changed his last name, he also changed his first name, Jaime, which is interesting. I feel like Hiram, not too different from 
behind me, but okay. But he's like, yeah, my last name meant nothing, so I changed it to a name that means something. Lodge. And I'm like, well, I don't think Lodge me- meant anything. You, I mean, you made it mean you something. You just by, chose a word. You just chose a word. But anyway, he even has to admit, her parents are both in jail. It doesn't matter if you guys are going to get out or not. You're both in jail. The name is tainted. Get a new name. You. It might have meant something at one point, but now it means only negative stuff. Also, okay, but here's the other situation. The Lodges are famous. Veronica is famous. It doesn't matter what she changes her last name to. People are going to be like, oh, yes, Veronica Lodge, because I've seen her face in the tabloids. It doesn't matter. We'll get to it when we get to the Jughead stuff. But yeah, I think this show sometimes forgets that the internet is a thing. And yes, initially, when someone just sees the name Veronica with a different name than Lodge written down, they might not initially make the connection, but they'll be able to find out eventually. And I think it would be sooner than than they would think because of... The tabloids where she's been in because of all the photographers last week. Right, and the press conference that she gave. And also, she gave several press conferences for Archie on his behalf in the past as well. Yeah, she's so... gonna have to rename her PR company because that doesn't seem right. Yeah. Wait, did she ever name her PR company? I don't, we don't even called, know like, if it's the a Lodge company. I, PR company? I don't, I don't know. know. How many businesses does she have? I think we're on four now at this point. Anyway, Hiram's like, you'll always be part of the family now, which he d- disowned her and divorced, divorced her mom last season. So, it like, was a null. Okay, whatever. But I'm just saying, like, he kind of, like, already told her you're not part of the family, and now he's all, you're part of the family. I think he just wants to bring her down with him. Whatever. Uh, yeah, he sucks. Yeah, and then he's like, don't change the locks, because I'll still be able to get in, and she's, her solution is telling him that she's gonna change the locks anyway, and sleep with a taser. A taser. Which I feel like a taser's not, like, a convenient weapon. Like, grab a knife. Yeah, and then Veronica changes her last name to Luna, which is fine. Like, it's it's a cool last name and it's fine, but I feel like you're changing your last name just to kind of stick it to your dad. I don't well, know. I feel like she could have should have uh, picked her own name. Veronica Luna does not flow. No, it doesn't flow. You, I mean, which is like Jaime Luna flows. Hiram Luna is in the middle. It's okay. I, I get it. I like having Hiram that nice... Luna better than Jaime. Yeah, I guess. I feel like Jaime but... might have been a nickname for Hiram. Maybe it was. Yeah, that's possible. Anyway, that's it for the Veronica stuff. Basically, Hiram's still exists and we'll probably see more of him in the future hopefully we'll see him get tased once that'll be fun i would love to see him get tased or if archie like sneaks in in the night and she tases him by accident i would live for that that'd be great that'd be great cheryl is uh insane so cheryl and tony are just trying to have a nice cuddle but they hear nana rose and cheryl says well she's a restless spirit which is really not something you usually say about people when they're still alive i love it i'm gonna start singing all the time Well, and they go out and they see Nana Rose and she's like standing at the fireplace being weird. And my question is, since when can Nana Rose walk? Hasn't she been wheelchair bound this entire show? Um, yep. I don't know. Like, I'm just confused. Like, she looked spry. They didn't have her little, like, red streak of hair. It just looked, like, completely white. It was dark. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, Tony is rightly scared about leaving the twins alone with Nana Rose. I don't, still don't know how they have custody over these children. Like, I get that they physically have the children. I don't understand how they are allowed to keep them legally. Whatever. Does nobody know they have them? Like, do people still think the babies are at the farm? I, I don't, I don't know. So, Tony's like, we should probably get a caretaker for Nana Rose. I'm like, well, get a caretaker for the kids, but whatever. Cheryl's like, no. And then there's immediately a super loud scream. That's when they go down and see Nana Rose, who is talking about the triplets burning in the fire, like being afraid that she saw the triplets burning in the fire. Okay, let's stop down real quick. I think 100% chance Cheryl and Jason have a triplet. Yeah, I think there's a there's a good chance of it, and I don't want to talk about it any more than that. Okay, great. <laughs> because she also, she calls Cheryl Penelope, and then and she mentions the triplets. I think it's a thing. I think we'll come back to it. I think probably the third triplet is dead, probably because twins are important to Blossom families and it could they also didn't want be a triplet. Where like, because Cheryl's dad had a twin, it could be that they were triplets because two of them are dead already. Yeah, that's possible. That's possible. I think the just the fact that she thought Cheryl was Penelope made me think that it would have been Penelope's kids. But either way, we'll probably come back to that at some point. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. 
maybe. Yeah. Anyway, so we find out that this hallway where they go to to see Jason is in the chapel in the basement. I don't know why the chapel in the basement looks like completely different than the rest of the house that just kind of looks like Because it's a, a house. chapel. Also, why is the chapel in a basement? I feel like it should be in like a not scary dungeon. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I need a floor plan. The layout of this house is confusing. Then Tony hires the hottest caretaker ever, Darius. Um, I would say him and that dude from Me Before You are like the two hottest caretakers I've ever seen. Yeah, Darius so, could get it. Yeah, Darius is awesome. And then I just wrote down Tiny Nose Flare is cute. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. I, I'm assuming that either Tony or Cheryl flared her nose in anger and it was adorable. I don't, that's, that's what I wrote. And then creepy dead body Jason moved. We don't have an explanation for this yet, but like she was, Cheryl walks into the chapel at some point. And she's like, hmm, Jason, didn't I have you over there when I was reading to you last night? So I, someone else knows about him or he is partially alive or I don't, I don't want to think about it. Honestly, it was really creepy. Yeah, it was weird. And then there was a rat and then Cheryl like killed the rat. And it was- there was a rat that literally crawled out of his chest and Cheryl killed the rat and then sewed him up. And Tony, <laughs> Tony walks in and Cheryl's like, oh, I don't think you've met my brother, Jason. Mm. Yikes. Um. Yeah, I feel like Tony needs to get out. Yeah, that'd probably be good for her. <laughs> She should probably move to the prep school, where guess what? Everyone else is. Jughead prep school. Yeah, so Jughead moves into his new dorm. I didn't realize this was a boarding school, but maybe That's I should have realized that. That's why he's only home on the weekends. Yeah, did they say that last episode? Or is this just still no, more information from told, that article I've you read? I've said it several times since the preseason. Good God, <laughs> I don't know why I talk to you and you never listen to me. I don't know, I just like to hear myself talk. You're just a sounding board. Oh, cool. What do you think of this dorm room, first uh, off? First of all, this dorm room is extravagant and doesn't look like any dorm room that would ever exist in the world. And I am an expert on dorm rooms. It's like, it's got weird vaulted ceilings and a stained glass window, but then like everything else is just kind of normal in there. It's just such a big... Big room. Well, I, I mean, it's big for two people, but there's three people living in there. Yeah, so. but like a lot of dorms would be the same size as a two-person dorm, but there's just a bunk bed over one of the beds. Like, it's True. an outrageously large space for three students to live in, in my opinion. Betty is there to say goodbye to Jughead and also uh, Jellybean and FP. And Betty and Jughead are like, we're in it for the long haul, which means they're definitely going to break up in this season sometime. And they don't mention that they're Avengers Endgame, so I guess Only Mary Andrews can call people endgame okay moose comes in and his name is marmaduke yeah i i just love the way that jughead's eyes lit up when moose came in i mean if it was kevin jughead would have been so mad because he hates kevin but i don't know since when jughead has been fond of moose but i'm really hoping that juice is gonna be a thing i mean we love a bisexual king so hopefully jughead is one also i'm i ship it uh also for a hot sec because he was kind of blurry when he first walked in the door I thought that he was Darren Chris because he ha- his hair looked darker and Can he had that clothes on. Imagine if Darren Chris came onto Riverdale. I think Darren Chris is like way too good for Riverdale at this point. <laughs> like there would have been a time when he could have been on there but he's like a he's like a what is he an emmy winner i don't know i don't know the words i mean molly ringwald's also very talented and here she is luke perry was very talented and he was there yeah Uh, what's the actress who plays alice's name again machin amick machin amick is a big deal and all of those people are there wyatt nash is a big deal Wyatt Nash, yeah, he's a big deal. Chad Michael Murray is a big deal, and he's there. I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility for Darren Chris to come in. And I'm going to say it. I I know the Riverdale production team is listening. Guys, Darren Chris, though. I don't know who he would play. I mean, I think Darren Chris is at, like, a weird age, though, because I think he's just slightly too old at this point to play a team. He can be an FBI agent. True. He could be, like, a young teacher or something. Oh, that'd be a weird crossover if they did a musical episode that had Darren Chris on it. That'd be cool. Iconic. Okay. That's the only circumstances under which I am willing to consider a third Riverdale musical episode. That's it. I mean, there's definitely going to be a third Riverdale no! musical episode. Yeah, like just prepare yourself for it. Marmaduke. Uh, I guess we can't have any more animal names now that Mad Dog and Moose are gone. So Marmaduke and 
what's the other dude's name? Something more. Um, uh, he, it's like it's really Mad- Monroe. Yeah, no, Monroe Moore. I was trying to think Mad Dog. Oh, name. Yeah. Mad Dog. Right. Anyway, so no more animal names. So Marmaduke is like, hey, I need to start someplace new and fresh. So he moved like ten feet from Riverdale. I thought he was gonna go live with his aunt, like somewhere far away. Yeah. So I think that that's what was gonna happen. And then because they wanted him to come back to the boarding school, they were like, okay. So what happened is he had a nervous breakdown. He was hospitalized. Uh, now that he's stable, uh, we get to Riverdale in this boarding school. Yeah, but remember how I was talking about them not understanding that you can Google people? Yeah, so Moose doesn't understand that because he thinks that no one is going to find out about his past here. Yeah, I don't. but like, and also what's so wrong about Moose's past? Like, it's not his fault his girlfriend died. It's not like his it, fault his dad is the worst. His dad pretended to be a Gargoyle King and did not kill anyone. His dad's a messed up person don't get me wrong but like that's not a thing like he's no betty who's got way more yeah you know, betty's crap a, to deal a with literal serial killer and she's so, like whatever put it in the news i'll write the article yeah so i mean it's like i feel bad for moose and you get the feeling that people at this school at least one of them sucks and so this would be a big deal but i don't know also it didn't <laughs> Did Moose just move here? Because he seems to, like, have been going here for a little while, and he clearly knows Brett and stuff. But, like, it's the beginning of the school year, so did maybe he start at the end of the last school year or something? I don't know. He also said he took a year off when it has not been a year of time. So, like, it just doesn't make sense. None of it makes any sense. Whatever. So, of course, their third roommate is Brett, because that's the only other guy we know. So, yeah. (laughs) So, that's a story writing reading seminar. And in all of these classes, we've seen three of them so far. There's just like five kids. So I don't know if the school is really small or if these are like optional. I'm assuming that this like reading, like the writing stuff, I assume is like a very specialized program that there's not many people in would be my guess. But I don't know. And Brett is the worst. So he's reading the end of his story, which literally just says, my mother has asked me to help her with the turkey. And I wonder vaguely when she'll die. And they're like, oh, how? what do you guys think and one of the kids is like this was amazing in a word astonishing no clearly this is just brett proving that he's a psychopath and it was bad and jughead being the only person to say anything negative brought me back to when i took creative writing in university and we would all submit our stories and our poems and stuff a week in advance then we'd all read them and then we'd get together and we'd talk about them and everyone was so overwhelmingly positive about literally everything and i would always be like okay but is that realistic would that really happen this doesn't make a lot of sense I was always that person who'd be like this was not good and uh I really connected with Jughead in this moment yeah but then Brett does that thing where he's like oh Jughead don't worry I'm a big boy I can take the criticism Jughead says oh you're Salinger derivative and it's not your writing's not for me that's it he's not he, he's giving an opinion thing that's fine it's it's cool he's not oh you're trash he, he says stuff and then Brett is like thank you for that constructive criticism now even though you didn't ask for it, I'm just going to criticize your writing, which we can only assume Jughead already did his reading and that they already gave him feedback on. So I just, I hate that move that they do. Brett doesn't remember Gargoyle King calls him the Gremlin King. That's funny. And he's just like, yeah, I don't get it. The Gargoyle King thing, it's unrealistic. And it seems like a preteen journaling about his abandonment issues, which like, to be fair. Like, true. Yes, That's true. definitely exactly true. what it I'm is. I'm okay with that. But I don't get this. Wasn't the whole game of Griffin's and Gargoyle and the story of the Gargoyle King and all that, wouldn't that be widely known? How far away are we? I assume we're only at most like an hour or so away from Riverdale. You would have thought that they would have heard about this. This None of this makes any sense. Nope. Anyway, so Brett's annoying and then he just starts talking about how he can't understand Chuckhead's work and it doesn't seem authentic to him because he can't really relate to the world of lowlifes and criminals and trailer trash. So Jughead stands up angrily and the teacher is like, hey, hey, zero tolerance of violence in this school. So clearly we know that Brett's just going to try to tempt him into being violent, whatever. Wow, what a unique and original thought, Riverdale. Cool. Yeah, okay. That's fine. So Jughead is unaware of the whole putting a tie around the door thing, which I guess is the new sock on the door for fancy 
kids who own ties. It's uh, if you wear a tie, you gotta go with the tie over the sock, okay? Yeah. So Donna and Moose are a thing. So is this Deuce Mana? Actually, it's Marmaduke and Donna. Marmadonna. Mar Marmadonna. Mardonna. You could almost make Madonna out of it if you really want to. Marmadonna. Donna. Donna Duke. <laughs> Donna Duke. No. It's. Uh, anyways, it's fine. Apparently, Donna's a character in the show. She, yeah, she's fine. I liked how they were just like Jughead's like. Uh, I thought you liked boys. I mean, this is like. I like boys. I like girls. We cool? And I'm like, that's a good way to be like, yeah, who cares? Not a big deal. Yeah, not a big deal. So it's cool. Then so Donna talks about that you need to watch out for Brett because he's a diplo brat. Yeah, a a diplo brat. Son of a diplomat. And I just am so over the concept of diplomatic immunity. The number of shows I feel like in the early 2000s that relied on that is like, oh yeah, we know this guy's a bad guy. Can't do anything because he's a diplo. Diplomat. I, I just am over that as a concept. This I just don't think this is, I mean, I don't know anyone who is a child of a diplomat, so maybe this is a legitimate thing, but I just feel like if Brett does something, I don't know how it would work if he, you know, like committed a crime or something, but if he's just like a bad kid in school and is mean to Jughead, I feel like the teachers aren't going to be like afraid to punish him. I mean, I don't know. Does anyone get punished at the school? Yeah. Look, we don't know much about this school. The whole son of a diplomat thing really does not scare me at the very least. I mean, it's like, what, what's the diplomat gonna do to Jughead? Like, Jughead has a gang. Does he, though? I mean, in theory. In theory, he is not just in a gang, but is the leader of this gang that we have not heard about. Also, pretty sure Betty was supposed to be the queen of this gang. Um, Now, one of the members of the gang is still in the farm. Uh, Tony and Cheryl may or may not still be in the gang. We're not sure. We haven't seen Sweet Pea all season, so gang may be over. I don't know. I mean, gang could be canceled. We may just not have any members left. That may be the point we're at at this at this junction. Anyway, uh, I just wrote snooze and afternoon seminar is canceled. They're going to have an evening session. Actually, this lesson sounds pretty fun, though, where they all read a mystery story and then they have to write the ending to reveal who the bad guy was because there's no single way to tell a story. Yeah, and Kate, which is a cool activity, but I kind of don't like it in that I feel like people who write mysteries are very smart and they write everything with the idea of who actually did it. And so like, it's wrong. It's wrong and bad. Yes, but if you're a good mystery writer, you've written it to where there could be multiple people throughout the story. You don't know who the person is. It's not like there's only one possibility. I also like the idea that a mystery novel is also solvable. I like reading them and when I actually am able to figure out who it is, I feel an accomplishment. And the idea that True, it can just but be... I, do, I, I think there should be red herrings though. Well, yeah, there should always be red herrings, but someone who's like a smart reader reading closely should be able to see past that. And so I feel like if all these people are such smart readers and they read so closely, they should have all been able to distinguish who the actual criminal was. Uh, And that's my opinion on that. Okay, great. Thank you for stopping down for Literary Corner with Kirsten. Anyway, sorry, it just really means a lot to me. (laughs) Yeah, I can tell. So then he's like, see you back here at 9 p.m. and closes the doors. I don't understand why he closed the doors. Did they have to stay in that room and write? Felt like they could have gone back to their dorms or something. I'm assuming that he wanted to like watch some YouTube or something. It's these little things that I like to nitpick because um, that's where I'm at in life. And that was Nitpick Corner with Mary Kwiatkowski. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Also... Why does Brett know so much about Jughead and know that he comes from a low-life criminal trailer park background, but doesn't seem to know anything about Moose? Because Jughead has never written about Moose, okay? But he also, like, doesn't know that Moose and Jughead know each other. Obviously, they're really good liars. They know how to hide it. Yeah, anyway. So Jughead pretty quickly snaps and shoves Brett away when Brett says something annoying. I don't remember what he says, but it's probably something annoying about his dad. I don't know, something douchey. Probably, like, my father will hear about about this. <laughs> Yeah, he's, Brett is just the new Draco Malfoy, which we knew from the second that he called him Forsyth. Actually, I prefer Forsyth. And then Jughead comes back with my favorite new insult, which is, how about write a compelling drama instead of starting one? Which, I just love that he's like, Brett, you're starting drama. (laughs) 
how about write a drama instead of starting one? Yeah, it's great. So and love by great, that. you mean bad. Right. And Jughead is like, I have family and friends who like me, and you're just a lonely loser, which is nice. And then Donna Sweet, out of nowhere, comes in to win the story contest. I loved that. That was my favorite part. Uh, and then the teacher's like, yeah, uh, Jughead and Brett tied for last. And I feel like that's probably not even the case. Like, they probably didn't tie for last. And the teacher's just like, I am so over this garbage that I'm going to say you tied for last. Well, so here's the thing. There were five kids in this contest, possibly six, but pretty sure it's just five. And so if Donna won, let's say she gets two votes to win, okay? Then there's three other kids voting. And so I guess maybe the three of them vote for, like, I'm trying to think of a way. I feel like the three kids voted for their own stories. Donna, Brett, and Jughead all voted for Donna. And then nobody voted for Brett and Jughead. Yeah, maybe that's how it happened. I don't know. It's it's fine. Whatever. And then at the end, someone, someone, in heavy quotes, we know it's Brett. Brett puts up flyers saying that Moose's dad was a gargoyle king and Midge was murdered by the Black Hood. And Moose is like, oh no, they found out. And I don't, I still don't get why this is a big deal. Like, okay, you don't have a perfect life. Mm, okay. I wish I understood, but it's just silly. Yeah. Jughead vents to Betty about his problems, but like in comparison with her problems, this is absolutely not important at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a hard time caring about anything that's happening at this prep school. And I feel like they put Moose there to try and give us a reason to care. And guess what? Didn't work. No, but I am super glad that Moose is back because I was really sad when he left the show. So thank you for coming back, Moose. I want Coos back. Pretty sure we decided it was Moovin. Yeah, well. It says Moovin, not Coos here on my sticky note. Anyway, so. I'm sure I came up with both of them. I want them back. <laughs> okay, uh, let's talk about Betty and the farm, shall we? because that's really what's important here. Please, let's All right, cool. get into it. So they have the hotel under surveillance. Also, apparently there are more FBI guys on the job because there are there's another dude in the room all of a sudden charles is like yeah we've got him under surveillance and we know that they order pizza every day so let's listen in to the pizza delivery guy and you hear that the pizza delivery guy shows up and evelyn is like you're not our normal guy and then they just shoot him up so these fbi guys suck and they're terrible at their job betty finally gets a call from her mom's phone but oh it's not her mom it's edgar Chad Michael Murray is back and his shirt is unbuttoned for no discernible reason and I am on board. He also has a beard now and I'm just really for it and I love how he's like walking around an empty swimming pool and just giving us like major vacation vibes. Chad I'm down. Michael Murray is still so hot. Yeah, so couple things here. First off, I really hate this thing that Betty did. It's like a trope that I just hate of answering the phone, seeing the call ID and being like, oh, hey mom, I was wondering when you were going to call. I just feel like if, if you know your mom is in a sketchy situation maybe don't immediately announce that you thought it was her calling and like give away more information like maybe just wait maybe for just edgar say to speak first hello and see what happened yeah also edgar is cutting people's fingers off uh and that alice apparently admitted that she was the pretender amongst his mitts okay here is the thing a couple months ago the farm existed and they're all at this place what is it called the sisters of quiet mercy they're all there and then they ascend and they leave but they leave kevin behind to tell the story and they take all their organs with them, I can assume. The farm is operating this like major organ business and they've got tons of money and lots of new people. They take all these people to a motel and then all of a sudden they like, I guess are in hiding and lose all their money. Move farther away where you can just start over the farm like you did when you moved to Riverdale so that you can use your funds and start getting more people. I don't know why we all of a sudden were like super desperate and the farm no longer is a working organization. Yeah, their, their goals have changed their life has changed and uh honestly just again it doesn't because make i think sense. the show is like oh well charles is on to them the fbi is on to them but according to charles he's been on to them for like months i don't know why he wasn't able to stop them i still don't really understand why the entire time they were in riverdale the fbi couldn't have come in and just stopped them they had proof of illegal activity yeah i don't really know what the issue was because like at this point yeah it's much harder to stop a dude who has weapons and is hurting people and it has basically hostages than it was when he 
was openly inviting people to join the farm and you could have just walked in and arrested him. This whole FBI plotline seems so slapped together. It's like it they really just does. wanted to give Wyatt Nash an opportunity. Which I, I'm okay with. Okay, except I'm still annoyed about the Charles stuff. I know we talked about this last time. I don't know who knows if Charles exists. Does FP know if he exists? Like, I, 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 I'm sad that we didn't get the big reveal of Alice or FP or anybody. Oh my gosh, my son is alive. We didn't really get that. It's just, oh yeah, Alice found me several months ago and we've been working together and that's it. And it's like a shock, but we don't get that emotional moment. So Alice found me presumably to help with this farm situation. I'm sorry, I don't get it. So Edgar has a list of demands that he wants and he calls Betty and he's like, hey, so I need $250,000. I need passports for my followers, food, water, and a bus. And you've got five hours. Even if she was to like rob a bank, five hours is not enough time to do all this. I mean, even just to make the passports. That's going to take, well, according to the fourth Twilight novel, Breaking Dawn, making passports takes multiple months <laughs> or at least a couple of weeks. I feel like it was yeah, a while. I, well, I feel like if you're going to make a passport that's going to actually pass as the real deal, it takes a lot of time and effort. There's no way. Obviously, the FBI is like, no, that's insane. But then Betty's like, okay, well, I'm just going to do it myself. So she's like, okay, Veronica, I need $250,000. And Veronica's like, I don't have that much money on hand, which is at least finally something somewhat realistic from Veronica. But I don't understand why the $40,000 for Archie was just like, oh yeah, sure, take this $40,000. But $250,000? Oh no, I can't even help you at all with that. Uh, Well, I mean, I'm sure she could have helped her out with like $40,000, but I feel like, I don't know. Anyways, so she's like, well, how about those Glamourge eggs? They're worth $50,000 each and here's seven of them. And I get it. They're like, wow, money. It's working. Edgar would not have accepted the Glamourge eggs and like instead of cash because cash you can launder and then spend a glamour j egg the minute he tries to sell that the cops are going to be like got him yeah there's a lot i don't know why they all of a sudden have five glamour j eggs i thought there was only one of them even if there was a collection feel like the lodges could have sold those a lot in the last season when they were constantly needing to give each other money i don't know what the deal is with these but whatever also i'm not sure why they bothered trying to get governor Dooley to help with this situation because I'm pretty sure it was either Betty or Veronica, but I thought it was Betty who like yelled at him last season or threatened him or something. I feel like this was the thing that happened. So who could possibly remember? Uh, Listen to our season three coverage if you want to know the truth. Yeah. So it's just a lot. Then they're on the phone with Edgar being like, we don't have enough time. Just how about you give us a hostage like my mom in good faith and then we'll be able to help you more. And he's like, oh yeah, that's totally fine because I've already sent you a hostage. And then Polly shows up who has a bomb strapped to her. Now, I just, before we get to this, Charles is like, answer the call and I'll coach you through it. And then she does it on the (laughs) speakerphone. Now, I'm pretty sure if that's what they were going to do, she should have had like a headset and Charles would be like able to hear what she was saying and like speak directly into her ear. There's no way that Edgar didn't hear Charles telling her what to say because she just like held the phone behind her back. Why not just hit the mute button? She, She holds the phone by her side and she also holds it by her side so long that Edgar would know someone is talking to her. The whole thing makes no sense, and yeah, it was very slapped together. I don't know why Charles was like, answer the phone and I'll coach you, when they clearly hadn't prepared, and so he's just, like, saying, and Edgar knows that Charles exists, why don't you just have him talk to it? It's whatever. So, anyway, Polly shows up with a bomb strapped to her, and Charles is, like, backing up, like, I'm gonna get out of the way of this bomb. Betty, you go fix it, and Betty's like, I don't know what to do, and he's like, cut the yellow wire, and so she really quickly cuts the yellow wire, and starts counting down faster, and then they're like, something about the detonator should have a yeah, pin. Yeah, there's a pin. And, then- and they're like, where's the pin? And it's like, Edgar. Obviously Edgar took it because Edgar wants the bomb to explode. So then Betty's like, needs a pin. It needs a pin. Aha! And pulls a perfect bobby pin out of her hair to save the day. Enough. I've had enough. Like, it's too much. They're doing too much. Betty's hair, it's in a ponytail. You don't need a bobby pin for that. I, okay, some people need bobby pins for their hair. She doesn't. Her hair is long enough. It all fits in the ponytail. It's immaculate. She, she has clearly layers. Has she might down. need the bobby pin. I I don't know, but she pulls the bobby pin out and it stops counting down the detonator Is at it a thing exactly that two seconds. Betty always has a bobby pin. I feel like that was a thing in the earlier seasons. I yeah, because she 
like is Nancy Drew and stuff. Okay, a couple things real quick. First off, when I tried to dishonor bomb in the Nancy Drew computer game I was playing, I died four times. So, okay. There are a couple times in Riverdale, and I can think of one other one off the top of my head, which is in one of the first episodes of season three, when we just find out about Griffins and Gargoyles, and Jughead is trying to get information from Ethel, and so he starts playing Griffins and Gargoyles, and pretty much immediately has to do the, like, 50-50 drink one of the poison or the non-poison one, and he just does it right away. Like, this is before we know pretty much anything, but he knows that one of them is poisoned, and he just does it, and we never really talk about it again. He almost died. 50-50 shot he was gonna die. And then here's another thing, where Betty disarms a bomb that was about to kill her and her sister, and then, like, no one talks about it for the rest of the episode. Like, that this, not only that she almost died, but that she just did this amazing thing, and then we have to listen to Archie complain about how he doesn't have money and he wants to work at a gym and then Jughead's like struggling with a bully. This is so pointless compared to what Betty's going through and we just don't acknowledge it and it's annoying. Betty needs more acknowledgement. You're right. Also, I don't understand why Edgar, why he let go one of his most loyal and brainwashed peeps. Well, I'm assuming she wasn't brainwashed anymore. It's really hard to tell because she kind of seemed hysterical, which could have gone either way. I, I thought she was still brainwashed but maybe maybe she wasn't maybe she had spoken to Alice maybe she figured it out I don't know seems like Edgar maybe didn't have as much of a grasp on his people I think once anymore. you start cutting off people's fingers things are different like there are lots of cults in history that have kill your kids and drink some poison and that works because they all kind of like die in that moment I feel like giving people the opportunity to see other loyal people just like punished and hurt is at least going to start to put some sort of doubt into at least some of their minds okay but so if Edgar really does need money and stuff from Betty, then why did he almost kill her? I don't know why you think I have answers. Yeah, I don't know. The whole bomb thing was super sloppy and weird, but that's okay. And also Riverdale people who are producers who are listening to us, who are going to put Darren Chris on the show for us, we nitpick because we care. So Betty manages to get that money from the Goyamerge eggs and she gets the rest of the stuff because she's like, oh, I know people. I know how I'm going to get these passports. I'm going to go talk to our favorite passport queen, Tony. And Tony's what? like, I know a guy. Yeah. Also, Betty's like, I know people. You know Tony. Veronica also knows Tony. Why did we, why couldn't we just say that it was Tony? Why did we have to have that like one second of suspense before you immediately just jump to Tony? Why were you acting like you're cool and you know people when you're not? That's okay. Whatever. Also, I don't know why these passports were gotten, like, why, why they need passport. There's a lot of questions that I have about some of these demands, but it doesn't matter. So she gets these passports and then at some point that we don't see she gets food and water and she gets a bus because she basically goes to school and is like I left something on the bus and they're like oh well the bus driver's not here anymore and Betty's like sweet I guess I can steal the bus then. Mm, Okay not sure where she gets the keys not sure how she learned to drive a bus. Does she even have her normal driver's license? Who knows? Probably. Also, the idea that Betty has been riding the bus to school is ridiculous. We know that she pretty much always walks to school or in the fan fictions rides on Jughead's motorcycle. So neither of those options are taking the bus. Yeah, no, it's not good. Betty pulls up. She's like, everything's on the bus. Got your stuff for you. And Evelyn hits her in the back of the head, which I think this is the scene from the preview. They just made it seem darker in the preview. Yeah, you're right because it's daytime, but it's definitely looked like nighttime. Yeah, I think they just like darkened that in post to make it seem like something else. Interesting. Although I do think that one of us predicted that it was Evelyn. I think that was you. No, I think it was Hannah. Who's the one who they took off her serpent tattoo? What's her name? In season like two. Penny Peabody? Yeah, she that looked like She's dead. Is she? Is she dead? Dude, I don't know. Oh wait, no, she just like fought with Jughead's mom with those like weapons last Yeah, I think Hannah thought that it was Gladys. I think she thought it was Jughead's mom. I mean, whatever. Penny, Gladys, same difference. Whatever. It's not important. So Betty Betty and Alice are reunited and they're locked up together in a motel room and Alice is like, Evelyn is going to drive the farmies off a cliff as a distraction. So is Evelyn going to also die? Okay, but Evelyn's going to die anyways because doesn't she need dialysis? Yeah, there's lots of questions. I don't know why the Evelyn stuff makes no sense. I assume that what she meant was that Evelyn is going to like put the bus on autopilot somehow and then like get off the bus and drive it off a cliff as a distraction so that Edgar can take off in his rocket ship. Rocket ship 
Edgar, Starship Edgar, Moonshoes Edgar. Anyway, so yeah, he built a rocket ship, uh, as we talked about at the top, and uh, this is dumb, because the rocket ship doesn't even seem to have, like, an actual contained cabin for him either. Like, I'm pretty sure he was just going to die when he hit a certain altitude. No, it looks like a child rocket ship. It looks like a cartoon drawing of a rocket ship. Yeah, it's like, really there was nowhere for him to have oxygen. He was going <sighs> to just don't... die. Why does he need a rocket ship? Why is he going to space? Because, uh... Is he going to space, or was he going to just, like, shoot off laterally? It's like... <laughs> None of this makes well, any no, because sense. he was talking about um, which Bible story does he bring up again? It starts with a J. Josiah. I thought it was Isaac. I have no, no. idea who he was Anyways, talking about. Anyways, he was talking about a Bible story where they like blast off in like a flaming glory. So I think that's what he was trying to do. But I never thought he was insane. We've never gotten a clear idea of what Edgar's motives are, what the farm actually does, what the point of the farm is. Yeah, we got like the whole organ harvesting situation last season, but obviously that's not the main thing they do. You can't just keep organs in a freezer indefinitely anyways. But at least that made sense because it was like there was more to it. Like it made sense that, oh, he's doing this as a front for an organ farm so that he can make money. That makes sense. And we've always gotten the idea that his followers are crazy or, you know, brainwashed. His followers are brainwashed, but he is just a smart dude who knows how to, like, talk and lead people. That's the th- where I thought he was. At some point in the in-between time, he has snapped and he thinks that he's a biblical dude. I, whatever. No idea. It doesn't matter. Betty and Alice escape. Betty feels the need to put on Evelyn's clothes and hat. It's not a disguise because she doesn't yeah, look well, like apparently Evelyn. Apparently, when you talk to people who've been brainwashed, uh, it doesn't matter what you look like. You just have to speak you just with have confidence. To speak with authority and they will do what you say. Betty punches Fangs, who still seems pretty brainwashed. There's a dramatic zoom to Edgar, who sees them, and Betty's like, here, Alice, take this gun that I don't remember where she got, From I guess. Evelyn. And she, and Edgar's wearing the most insane leather jacket with the collar popped, and he looks ridiculous. I love it, personally, but that's okay. Alice takes off after Edgar and whatever. Also, there's way too many people to fit on one bus. There's lots of adults. I mostly remember there being a lot of teen farmies, but I guess it's mostly adults. Betty sees Mr. Weatherby, who has a finger cut off. I assume that he's fine. I mean, he has a finger cut off, but whatever. And he's like, I don't know why I got sucked into this thing. So he at least seems less brainwashed now. That's kind of nice. And then Edgar is on the roof wearing his rocket ship costume, which is literally just the evil Knievel, like white jumpsuit with like a V-neck. Yeah, it is a lot. It's it's great. I mean, I appreciate seeing Chad Michael Murray in it. I'm okay with it. And then there's like the cutaway thing where you see that he has a gun and then you hear two shots. You're like, oh no, who got shot? But we totally all know that Alice Alice just shot Chad Michael Murray. Edgar! Bye, Edgar ever never. See you ever never. Betty runs up and she's like, mom, what happened? Alice is like, Edgar ascended. So that was pretty funny. Boom. Now, at this point, you would think, hey, I guess the farm plot line is over. But no, because they didn't do the smart thing and just shoot Evelyn. They probably no, tied her up or whatever because they're dumb. At the end of the episode, Jughead is venting to Betty about Thing and it's like, your problems don't matter. And they mentioned that Polly is going to Shady Grove Treatment Center, which sounds shady, but also how can you trust any kind of center at this point? I just feel like it's, they're not, never the going to end well. The people in Riverdale care way too much about institutions. Uh, like, yeah. that's their major downfall. Maybe just have Polly move back to her childhood home just get a deep where fp lives <laughs> i don't know it's it's whatever and then they randomly start talking about whether or not they can trust charles and if he's the real deal we don't know we've seen no reason not to trust him but we also don't know anything about him or anything hopefully this gets answered at some point and hopefully alice comes home and i swear to all things that are holy if they do not have at least one scene where we get to see fp and alice and charles in the same room discussing the fact that they're a family and i do not want to just hear that this conversation happened we need to actually see it yeah we there's a lot of things i need and i don't think i'm getting any of them and i'm gonna be so disappointed if fp is just like oh yeah my son charles who i've totally known about for a long time it's not okay it's not okay anyway um this this nightmare's over yay but psych because they get a doorbell ring and there's a vhs tape that's there vhs tape Ooh, 
spooky technology. I don't, what decade are we in? So we can only assume that this has something to do with the farm. Yeah, I'm assuming Evelyn. Evelyn left it. Evelyn, who is somehow alive without her dialysis. I, whatever. Yeah. So let's quickly go through. We got some questions from our lovely, lovely listeners who wrote to us on Twitter. Brief and Coot says, who let Nana Rose watch those twins? And she said something about triplets. Do we think Cher- Cheryl is actually a triplet? I do. I think Cheryl's actually a triplet. I think Cheryl's dad is the triplet. Okay. So we've got two competing uh, scenarios and here. we'll, we'll see, see which one. who's right and whoever's right is the knowingest know-it-all. <laughs> is the... Yeah, we're going to go with that. I can't think of anything better. <laughs> I don't know who is letting Nana Rose watch these twins. It makes absolutely no sense. She should not be in charge of anyone. I want to know who let Nana Rose get out of her wheelchair. I thought she couldn't walk. (laughs) Why are they letting her take care of kids? Yep. I remember, like, there was a scene in, I think, season one, possibly season two, where Nana Rose falls out of her wheelchair and can't get to a phone. How? Yeah. How is she fully mobile? And it was a big plot point. Like, it was a big thing. Yep. It's fine. At Rob has a fanboy asks us, so Evelyn left that VHS tape, right? Why can't we just be done with the farm already? Preach. Yeah. Wish we could be done with the farm, but we can't because we can't have nice things. And (laughs) if we were going to be done with the farm, then I would rather be done with Evelyn and at least still have Edgar, Chad, Michael Murray around. I I guess. I mean, Evelyn is, she's almost a more real character because we've seen her more i still so she was edgar's wife yes okay well also possibly his daughter we don't really understand i wish that she was dead and he was alive because he's hot and she is fine so what do you think could be on this vhs tape that could be incriminating because it's gotta be something to do with alice or polly or or potentially yeah or potentially like betty did betty ever give like any kind of confessions i I'm, i'm guessing the vhs tape is all of alice's confessions when she was pretending to be brainwashed about like having killed that one guy or like buried that body yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that's what all this has to do with which is like it just brings up a whole lot of other stuff about like why alice said that kind of stuff like gave that and information to the farm when she was shouldn't have been able to, be- to bring all that information when they ascended at the end of the season that stuff should have been left at sisters of quiet mercy i'm over this but i don't i don't get the i don't understand why if alice was working for the fbi the whole time she didn't need to tell the truth give that information up to the farm she do you just... think that she like did get a little brainwashed i think she yeah like i think it's better if she was brainwashed for a lot of it and then at some point in the middle of being at the farm came to her senses around the same time she found charles and things changed i would like that i don't like this revisionist history that she was never brainwashed because that just doesn't make season three make any sense i don't think anything could make season three make sense yeah okay evan Feliciano says, explain to me how Edgar was going to pilot an actual rocket. Well, first off, that it's was not an not, actual rocket. Yeah, not an actual <laughs> so. rocket. That was a cartoon. It looks like it was drawn <laughs> with crayon. Again, there was no sort of container to keep him with oxygen. He was definitely going to die if he hit a certain altitude. Yeah, so he wasn't. I don't think he was going to hit any kind of altitude anyway, but that's great. What's it called when you get in the fake car and go down a hill? Some kind of derby? What's that called? Do you know what I'm talking Isn't about? Is it called like downhill derby? Or no, What's it called? I thought it was called Downhill. I feel like it was one of those cars anyways. Downhill Derby. Yeah. It's like a little car with little tiny wheels and you just kind of roll downhill. Okay. Well, I didn't know that's what it's called. Anyways, uh, yeah, it looks like a car for a, a downhill derby, not anything else. Yeah. What up, Tim on Twitter sends us a very beautiful picture of a Sports Illustrated from 1974 with Evil Knievel on it, wearing pretty much the same outfit that Edgar was wearing. So that was great. I also noticed that instead of the EK for Evil Knievel on the belt loop, uh, Edgar's just said Edgar. So that was great. Thank you. He also says, um, Wyatt Nash lets the 15 question mark, 16 question mark, 17 year old girl defeat Defuse the bomb. Yeah, Wyatt Nash, he couldn't win Survivor, so don't think he knows how to defuse a bomb either. Not only does he let the girl defuse the bomb, he literally like steps back and he, tells like, the other people to get down. He pushes her forward. He's like, everyone get down. Yeah. But then to be fair, like as it's escalating, he's like, Betty, get away from her. And Betty's like, no, I'm coming closer. Polly, can I come closer to the bomb? Yeah. So it's good time. Yep. I'm glad this happened. And uh, shout out to Nick Snow, who posted a gift 
roof of, of basically Edgar's rocket. So if you have any question about what it looked like, it's cartoon rocket. That's what it is. All right. Well, that's the episode. I realized last episode I forgot to talk about the title, which was Fast Times at Riverdale High. Clearly a play on Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Have you ever seen Fast Times at Ridgemont High? I love Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Okay. It's a yeah, very, it's a movie. very funny movie. And then also love the CD Fast Times at Barrington High that the Academy has released named after the movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, did not know that was a thing. Cool. It's a great yeah, album. It's, uh, so that's a good that's a good movie with young Sean Penn, I think. is. If you think I know who actors are, you're on drugs. Yeah. Okay. Well, so is Sean Penn in that movie. Ayo! <laughs> and this uh, this episode today, Dog Day Afternoon, is the title of a 1975 Al Pacino movie about a man who robs a bank to pay for his lover's operation, which turns into a hostage situation and a media circus. I feel like that is the entire farm. It's kind of the entire farm, but it's also some elements of Archie trying to steal money to pay for his, you know, <laughs> lover's operation that is uh, his, his love for punching things and needing to keep his gym open. Yup, that's a thing. It's one Great. true love, the town of Riverdale. Yep. Who is the most normal person of the week? I've got a couple different <sighs> options here. Let me tell you, it's nobody in the farm scenario, probably. Alice, potentially, because she just, like, kills Edgar and she's like, I'm done with this nonsense, but we've got a lot of questions for her still. No, I, she doesn't deserve to be rewarded with that yet. Otherwise, I think Tony was pretty realistic. I mean, I'm just remembering that she did make all of those passports, but she works for a gang, so I feel like that's okay. Other than that, she was like, hey, Nana Rose is unstable and we are going to hire a caretaker even though Cheryl told her not to. And then she seems creeped out about the whole Jason situation, all of which seem normal to me. I'm open to this. Could the caretaker be the most normal person? The caretaker could definitely be the most normal person. Hired to do a job, performs a job. When he gets fired by an insane person, he leaves. Pretty normal. All right. What was his name? Darius? Yeah. And he was hot. Hot Darius. Caretaker. Hot Darius. Hot caretaker Darius? Yeah, hot caretaker Darius. Perfect. Most normal person of the week by far. Molly Ringwald was doing a good job for the beginning when she was Until telling she was Archie that he needed to leave. Child. Well, yeah, but when she was trying to get him to go, that was pretty good, but then she kind of flubbed the whole thing by staying to support his um, yeah. crackpot dreams. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. She's too whatever. supportive of her child. She definitely is. Anyway. Alright, well that's it for this week's episode. It was it was a time. It happened. It happened. I, I'm excited to see what's on the table. I'm I'm not. Okay. <laughs> I <Cool>. don't care. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week for our recap of episode four. Until then, you can follow us online at KowskiCast.com or at KowskiCast on Twitter. You can also follow me everywhere at Frail Mary, and you can follow Kirsten everywhere at Kirsten Said What. Boom. You can... What? I don't know. Uh, did you say boom? What did you yeah, say? I don't know. I said boom. We don't need to talk okay. about it. All right. The other thing is we've been considering the possibility of a Kowski Cast Facebook page. Let us know how you think, of, how you feel about it. Would you join this group? Yeah. If anyone is interested in joining a Facebook group to discuss Riverdale in a more open forum kind of way and leave questions for the podcast, that sort of thing, please let us know. Even if it's a small community, it'll be a community for us. Just like a community center that doesn't cost $40,000 doesn't have any bathrooms i mean if they want to send us forty thousand dollars i'll take it yeah that would be nice you can find our paypal description no my paypal is paypal.me slash kirsten said what okay you can paypal kirsten you please send me uh, money i'm poor all right yeah yeah so check us out i will also be on this week's this week in survivor history show quiz and show on um on Rob's podcast if you'd like to check that out not sure when it's gonna drop probably sometime early this week it's normally like monday night tuesday morning yeah depending on my schedule this weekend it may come out before or after this podcast does we'll see it'll be attached to the wiggle room yes it'll be attached to the survivor wiggle room if you're not interested in survivor feel free not to listen but if you are interested check it out also if you're not interested in survivor how did you find us yeah you know where did you come from tell us more (laughs) it's good time all right talk to you next time Hey, bye. I don't know why I talk to you and you never listen to me. Nah, I'm coming closer. Polly, can I come closer to the bomb?